we are talking about making healthier homes, and we're actually kind of wrapping up that part of the series uh, today. So making healthier homes, this is our fourth message in the series, and today specifically, we're going to talk about making healthier homes spiritually. So yes, we are going to go there today. Now, the first point I want to look at is this. Making healthier homes spiritually, the first thing I believe you need to do if you're a Christian and you understand this kind of stuff, make your home healthier by making sure it's free of bad spirits or evil spirits. So yes, we're going to go there today. And uh, hopefully I can help you understand it and not scare anybody, okay? Because that's not what we're trying to do. But we understand we live in a world that is more spiritual than it actually is natural. It's just that we don't see it with these. So often we forget that it exists, and it's not a good idea to forget that the spiritual exists because it affects us all the time, so we need to be aware. But let me give you some scripture. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. All right, there is your clear picture of, hey, this is not about flesh and blood. There's actually a whole world out there of the spiritual. And if you've closed your eyes to it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means you're not aware. So he tells us clearly, you guys, you need to be aware. You need to actually be ready to deal with it. And we're not going into the armor today, but just introduction here. Hey, guys, there is a spiritual world. We need to make our homes healthy spiritually. Luke 10 and verse 17. I'm going to give you a few scriptures, and then we'll explain more. Luke 10, 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, everybody say all, all "All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus sent out his followers. This was actually the time he sent out 70. He sent them out and he gave them power and authority over the spiritual realm of the enemy. And they came back and they were like, it's true. When we commanded those spirits, they left. And they were pretty excited. And Jesus said, hey, it's possible because I've already defeated Satan, the ruler of the dark world, if you will. He said, I've already defeated it. And now I give to you authority over all his power. All right. So that means if you are a follower of Christ, you're no different than those disciples that were sent out, you also have authority. Okay, so if you're a Christian, you understand this principle, you have authority. You see, that authority is something that he's given you for a reason. Now think about this for a minute. If you decided you were going to be a police officer and you were given authority... But you never left the office. You just sat in the office and had coffee and donuts. You never used your authority. Would you be a good police officer? 
Everyone's like, I don't know, is it a trick question? It's not a trick question, no, because you're a police officer to bring peace, to go out and make sure that people are following the law so that there isn't chaos in the streets. You and I also have a role, and we were giving authority for a purpose. So having authority and doing nothing with it is not right. Now, some of you are like, I didn't know I had authority. Yeah, you do. And you need to use it. Acts 5 and verse 14, it says, Believers were increased, increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches so that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Okay, when you deal with the spiritual stuff that's not supposed to be there, health comes. You see, the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. A lack of health can be, it doesn't have to be, but it can be a sign of spiritual issue. And for sure, if there is a spiritual issue and you deal with it, you become healthier. But today we're focusing on your homes. Can your homes be affected and unhealthy because of spiritual causes? I'm going to show you today that they can, and you as the parents of the home need to deal with it. Okay? So let's have a look. Health comes when we deal with what needs to be dealt with. How could it possibly be affecting your home? So first, I'm going to ask you a question. And you guys can all look around when I ask this question. Who would say that they have run into spiritual issues in a home before in their life? If you have, put your hand up. Okay, look around. Many people have, so I'm not making this up. Okay, this is real. Now, for those who didn't put your hand up, you're maybe thinking about a little more. It doesn't mean that you have never run into it. It simply means you were unaware that you ran into it. You would have just thought, this feels weird, or what's wrong with that person, or you weren't aware that it was spiritual, but it likely was. Okay, we all have because we live in that world, whether we like it or not. All right? So, becoming aware, realizing authority, and dealing with it is very important. A story came to my mind as I was preparing this, it's actually a story uh, my wife had shared with me. Now, I've seen many spiritual things happen, but I really like this story. And my wife talked about one time when her and her family had moved into a new place. They would move sometimes from one area to another, renting homes. And often when you move into a new place that's been occupied previously, sometimes spiritual stuff gets left behind whether they've been dealing in it or just opened the doors to it unknowingly, but that can often be the case. And in this specific home, every night all the kids would have horrible nightmares. And her dad said, okay, we're going to pray about this. This is spiritual. It's not okay. And so he brought all the kids into the master bedroom, and he said, I'm going to sleep by the door because I know this is spiritual. You guys go ahead and sleep. And so they're sleeping, and my wife at the time was a young girl, and she wakes up, 
And when she woke up, she saw her dad at the door of the room praying and wrestling with a spirit. And she actually saw this spirit. And he's praying, wrestling, and he said, in Jesus' name, and he broke this thing, obviously spiritually, but she saw it even as a kid. And nobody in the home had nightmares again. But that thing had been there in the home and thought it had the right to torment with nightmares. And uh, so it was dealt with. Interesting story. Uh, My wife's dad said, okay, you can go back to sleep. And later he asked her, did you see what happened? She said, yeah, I saw it. And a number, might even been a year or two later, there was a cartoon show on, and my wife and her dad were both there in the room, and she looks, Dad, that's the one. And her dad said, it is. The very spirit they had seen was depicted as a cartoon on this show. Spiritual realm is real, and yes, some cartoon writers also know that and have seen it. Not all cartoons are bad. We're not going there. But the spiritual is real, and those who have seen it and are aware, unfortunately, on the wrong side use it. But you and I need to be aware and do what's healthy with it. Okay, I'm not sharing this that you walk around in fear. That's a really dumb idea. I'm just trying to help you be aware. Because God has has and is wanting many of you to rise up and use that authority. He's got in this place men and women who are mighty and powerful, and some are sitting idle simply because they're unaware. And if they became aware, they would be powerhouses in the kingdom. And so today, for some of you, all that's going to happen is you're going to get aware, and you're going to begin to use what he's given you. You see, when you fight people and it's a spiritual problem, you will never win. As a matter of fact, that is what the enemy loves most. If he can come in, cause a problem, and then see you fight your brother, your sister, your spouse, he is laughing because you'll never win. Think about it for a minute. If there's a, a real enemy coming in and sneaking around, undermining, doing things, and you fight somebody else, He'll always be free to do his stuff, won't he? It happens often. He's a sneaky liar. But you and I have the authority to defeat him. And today, specifically, we're talking about in your homes. You see, when you come into a home, if there's an issue, you can tell there's a spiritual issue. Maybe uh, for some, you just you walk into a place and the hair stands up. You, something's not right here. That's spiritual. But there are other things, possibly in a home you've moved in, you didn't realize, but in that home, you're always depressed. But anywhere else, you're not. But in the home, you are. That's a spiritual problem in the home. There can be other spiritual problems, possibly a spirit of poverty in a home. And finances are great for you. You move into this home, and everything seems to be going wrong. Breakdown after breakdown, money going out. It could be a spiritual thing and you need to deal with it. Pray over your home. Okay, this is not difficult or confusing. If you're a believer, you simply take your authority, you go to your home, you pray for your home. You can walk around your home, you can pray at the door of your home. There's no right or wrong way. It's what you believe is necessary. And you say, if there is any spirit here that is not from God, we command you, get out in Jesus' name.
And if there's an actual issue that's visible, like nightmares for your kids or anything like that, if they end up having nightmares again that night, you do it again. If they had nightmares again, do it again. What's with this? I'm going to try once. If it doesn't work, I quit. Come on. Some of you had to ask your girlfriend how many times before she finally went on a date with you. You didn't quit the first time, did you? This is more, this is real. You've got to press in on these things. And when you do, you'll be victorious. You see, it is kind of like a battle in the spirit. And people who win battles, they don't just throw one punch, do they? We don't want to get into fighting. Some people aren't okay with that. But maybe there's some guys here who watch fights. Do the guys who win just throw one punch? Oh, it didn't work. I quit. No. The guys who win won't quit. You want to win battles in the spirit? Get tenacious. Sometimes I surprise myself with words that come out. They probably don't actually fit. But anyways, it's a good word. Okay. All right. Let's have healthy homes spiritually. Here's the second point about how we can have healthy homes spiritually. Once you've prayed and said, hey, things that shouldn't be here, get out. The next step to make your home healthy is let it be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about that right now. 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 13. And I'm reading this just so that you can see that a building can actually be filled with God's presence. Okay, we understand he can fill us but he can also fill a building. 2 Chronicles 5.13. This is talking about the temple that Solomon built, and they began to worship. It says, The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. God's presence can fill a space. We obviously pray and ask him to fill this building, his church, but you also can ask him to fill your home. You see, the home, the place God has asked you to dwell, there's a verse that actually says... Uh, Husbands, or if you're single at home, you become the priest of your home, the head of your home. You have the right to ask Holy Spirit to be there to let his presence be in your home. And oh my goodness, that's a good thing to ask him. Ask him and expect it. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 1 says, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. God's presence can fill a space. This is the part I'm getting here with this. And he fills the space when we worship and when we invite him in. This is key. You need to invite the Holy Spirit in. You see, the Holy Spirit is very different than evil spirits. Evil spirits try to sneak in, try to go where they're not even welcome, try to uh, go places they don't have the right to be. Holy Spirit will only go where he's invited. I heard one preacher say many years ago, he's like the gentleman. He only comes if he's invited, and if he's not welcome, he quietly leaves. Invite him in. 
But let me give you scripture so you know I'm not just saying that. Acts chapter 2, 1 and verse 4, the first uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit after Jesus had risen uh, and ascended to heaven, the disciples are praying and they are asking for God's power, his Holy Spirit to come. And it said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and it sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I thought this was really interesting because Sometimes as Pentecostals, we know about how they all got filled in the fire. But interestingly, the house was filled first. Isn't that interesting? God's presence filled the house and surrounded them first. You can ask him to fill your house. Invite him in with worship, with praise, and specifically ask, Holy Spirit, will you be present in my home? And if Holy Spirit is present in your home, here's the great thing about that. You're going to be careful what you do in the home. You're going to have a sense of, okay, well, maybe that kind of movie isn't okay in my home because I invited Holy Spirit here. You're going to realize that if you want his presence to remain, not just anything goes. And trust me, if you've invited Holy Spirit in and you've felt his presence, you don't want him to leave. It's an amazing thing. That peace that comes, that love. You know, your home should be a place that after a long, hard day is a place you want to go. And you want to rest and relax because it's just a place where there's the love and the peace of God. If you're avoiding your home and you don't want to be there, you maybe need to pray there. You need to pray and ask, what is going on? Is there a spirit of anger here? Whenever we're at home, we just argue and fight, but we don't argue and fight other places. That could be a spiritual problem at the home. Now, if you argue and fight everywhere, then you need to come and get prayer and counseling from a pastor or something. But anyhow, there are real things that happen at home. And often we just blame somebody and don't deal with the spiritual cause. All right. I've said this a couple times. Let's continue here. Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You want your home to have God's presence? Put on worship music. You know, this is something I learned at a young age. Obviously, I've told the story. We had a worship band when we were teenagers and we worshiped and praised the Lord. Did you know that worship ushers in God's presence. But here's the thing, music is a powerful vehicle that can usher in other presence if it's not God's music. Did you know that? If you're playing the old, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't go there. Yeah, I gotta go there, you just have to. And you're playing the old depressing songs. Oh, he left me, he's never coming back. Doing, doing. Well, <laughs> you're you're going to have a presence in your home. But it's going to be the presence of defeat and despair. A lot of you laughed. You must not listen to that. Or you do. I don't know. Or maybe, we go a little bit younger here, maybe you're like, well, in my bedroom, you know, I've got earpods, and my music is, 
Uh, hate the world. Blah, blah, blah. Everything's horrible. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it brings a presence in, doesn't it? Yeah, I remember as a teenager, and this is a long time ago when I say I remember as a teenager, I remember a young man who was a friend of my older brother. And there was the two brothers, and the younger one was my friend. He seemed like everything was going great, and suddenly he got into some music, and, you know, without saying names and stuff, it was just evil music. I'll call it death music. That's the way the words were. And he began to shut down. He closed off connection with his parents, and he just spent his time in his room with it as loud as it could go. And that was before the days of earpods, but we did have headphones. And they tried things. They tried to talk with him. Nothing happened, and he continued, and he went so deep that he ended up taking his own life while the music was blaring as loud as he could blare it. Music brings in a presence. And I'm just going to tell you, don't ignore it. Let music bring in the presence you want in your home. So choose your music that way. Okay? And yes, young people in the days of earbuds, the home you're bringing it into is here. Now, mom and dad, no, don't play that out loud. Well, you don't have to anymore. It's all inner. So young people, what are you bringing into your home? It brings a presence. If you don't want to be angry and fighting, be careful what you're bringing in. Okay, healthy homes. Music is important. Worship is important. We can make healthier homes spiritually by, as we said first, make sure there's no bad spirits there. Clean it out. Invite the Holy Spirit in. And thirdly, live for God at your home. Okay, this is important because God's presence and his blessing flows when we choose to live for him at home. And I have found that sometimes people live differently at home than they do when they come to church. Sometimes they're kind of, how will I say this without getting in trouble? They, they act fake, but then they act real at home. Now, if you're like shouting and angry at home, don't come to church and do that. That's not what we're going for here. But let's make it both mixed. Let's make them both the same. So if at home there's an issue, let's deal with it. Let's not just fake it elsewhere. Okay, because the problem with faking it is that we never deal with this stuff. So when you're real, you're able to deal with things. People who are the most real and kind of say it like it is, they deal with stuff. Because they're not afraid and hiding at all. They just say, hey, let's deal with this. So don't fake it. Deal with it. What's going on at home? Let's serve God and see these things work well. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 3. Now it'll come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed will you be in the country. God's blessing comes upon your home when you serve him there. And I could go through the rest of the chapter of Deuteronomy 28 and show you that when you don't serve him there, the opposite of blessing comes. Okay? So you want a healthy home? Serve him at your home. 
Very important. And you can go read Deuteronomy 28 if you want uh, all the rest of it. Ephesians 4.28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay, this is about how we act at home. Sometimes we read these at church and we think this is how we should act at church. This is how we should act at home. Put those things away. Don't be angry and using bitter words. And also, as this verse began, I want you to see that a healthy home has people that are not afraid of work. If there's a sense of Nobody wants to get up. Nobody wants to do anything. Nobody thinks it matters to pay bills. That's an unhealthy home. And to make it healthy, sometimes there's a spiritual thing that has to be dealt with. Okay? We've, I've preached it so many times. Work is good for you. We were created for it. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace what God has given you and do it well. An unhealthy home, sometimes there can be a spirit of laziness or slumber, as it says in one version. Did you know that? If that's the case at home, pray about that. Because honestly, there should be an excitement in you when there's something for you to do and accomplish. And hey, if you're a mom that's looking after babies, that can be your work. Trust me, that's a lot of hard work. I helped change a diaper once, I know. No. <laughs> and it's crazy. So, but... Be passionate and do it. And when I see people doing the thing they're created for, oh my goodness, that is awesome. And if you're here today and you're like, well, our home, we're struggling. Nobody has a job. We're getting some government help. We'll pray for you. We want to see you get a job. We want to see you blessed and favor. We want to see that life come back into you and your home. Because it's an amazing Exciting thing to know, I can do this, and God can bless it. Ezekiel chapter 10. I'm not going to go there. Let me just briefly tell you this for the sake of time. But again, any of these you can read on your own after if you are that kind of person who really likes to study the Scripture. Ezekiel chapter 10, God is giving Ezekiel a vision of what's going on in Israel and in his temple. And Israel at this time has decided they're going to pray to and worship other gods instead of the one true God. They have decided that they're going to worship idols, you know, set up a statue and pray to it. They've decided that they're going to worship and pray to creatures, animals that God has made. You know, that's a thing. People think there's power and spirits in animals and they're going to get power from it. As well, they started worshiping the sun. And God shows Ezekiel these things, and God says, because of this, my presence is going to leave. This is, if you're reading it, you'll see that's what he's saying. And he says, but it's worse than just this. 
And he says, go into my temple. And he kind of takes him in in a vision. And there there's leaders in the temple who are worshiping the sun and who are doing things that they are not to do when they're trying to please God. And as he's seeing the vision, the very presence of God removes from the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, and removes to the doorway of the temple. He's leaving. His presence is going because they've chosen to no longer serve him. And there he says to him, there's still some other things that are not good, and eventually God's presence leaves and rises up. He left the very temple that was made for him to dwell in amongst his people because they chose not to serve him. So I'm reading this simply to you. Serve him at home, his presence will remain. If you could go into your home and say, I don't know if his presence is here, invite him and ask him if there's something you need to change. That's not hard. You just have to do it. Let me give you a couple questions to help you if you're wondering. Well, let me say it this way. If someone came to visit your home and walk through the door, and I'm going to say this, they came to visit unannounced and walk through the door just in the middle of your day. Don't do that, by the way, at our home. Don't, don't. Okay. <laughs> Please call first. But anyways, this is just for us to think about. And they walked in, what would they feel? And would they say, there's something different about your home? Would they be able to say, this must be a Christian home? If they were an unbeliever, would they just be like, wow, feels really good here. Those are signs that Holy Spirit is there. Okay, I'm not saying there's perfection and that you never have a disagreement, but would somebody who doesn't know be able to say that? Okay, let's, let's move a little further. If Pastor Bruce came to your home, unannounced, he doesn't do that either, but let's just say he did. What would he feel when he came in? Would he be able to say, yeah, this is a godly home. God's presence is here. It's spiritually clean. Okay, maybe let's take it a little further. What would happen if Jesus came to visit your home unannounced? And he knocked on the door and he came in and he said, I'm here for a home inspection. And you're like, you didn't give me two weeks notice. I don't know how much notice you're supposed to give. What would he say about your home? Would you be like hiding stuff under the bed or? <laughs> would you be like, yeah, come in. That's a good sign. If you're like, I'd say come in and if there's something that he need to deal with, that'd be super because we just want to bless him in our home because Jesus is loving. Even if there was things out of order, you know he'd, he'd just help you get him in order. So it wouldn't be a scary thing, but would you be like, thank you, Lord, for coming? Well, I have good news for you. Jesus wants to come into homes. He actually gave a picture of it in Scripture. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open up to me, I'll come in and I'll have supper with them. It was the idea of I'll be part of their home, part of their family. Because you see, in that culture, when you were invited in to sit around the table, they were saying, you're one of us. Jesus wants to do that in your home. Would he be welcome? Would you be okay with him sitting at your table? Or maybe nobody sits around the table together anymore. Would you be okay with him hanging out in the living room watching whatever show you're going to watch? Oh, it got quiet. 
encourage you. Healthy homes. Say, Jesus, you can be here. And we're going to have healthy homes this year. I know some of you already do have pretty healthy homes. And when we talk about this, hey, if we get just a little bit healthier, I'm not telling you you got to figure everything out all at once. Take steps. Take baby steps if you need to. Every little step, and things become healthier. So God's presence needs to be where we are. Let me have this verse, Matthew 18 and verse 19. I tell you this, this is Jesus. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Listen to verse 20. For where two or three gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. He's not just talking about church. Isn't that cool? Mom, you can be praying with your son at your home. He's there. Spouses, you can be praying together. He's there. Isn't that good? He wants to be in your home. Invite him. Pray. If you're like, I'm the only one in my home. It said two or three. Well, there's you, yourself, and you no, know, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> Invite somebody over to pray with you. Why not? Invite a good friend and allow him to fill your home. All right, last point. Making healthy homes spiritually, the last thing I want to say about it, you want your home spiritually healthy, make sure you give opportunity for everyone in your home to be saved. I have seen this over the last few years that often parents don't even ask their kids if they know about God. Don't just leave it up to kids' church. You're the parents. You're the ones who have the spiritual responsibility. Do you talk to your kids or your grandkids if you're looking after grandkids? Do you ask them? Because when we make opportunity for our loved ones in the home to accept Christ, we know the home is becoming more healthy automatically. And I referenced this verse at the beginning before I got into the message, but let's go there, Acts 16 and verse 30, because this is going to transition us into water baptism as well. He brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in the house. Even at that hour of the night, because it was past midnight, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. They were baptized right after they believed. They hadn't gone to church even once. They were heathens, except they believed. <laughs> this is pretty key about water baptism. It's the outward sign that I'm saying, yes, I want to follow him. Acts 16 and verse 14, here's another house that got saved. It's talking about a lady named Lydia. It says, one of them was Lydia from Thyatra, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. In other words, she believed in Jesus. She and her household were baptized. And she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. She heard about Jesus. She said, I believe. 
she made sure her family heard about Jesus and they were baptized. So baptism, whatever you may have thought it was in the past, just know it's simply an outward thing that says, yes, I want to follow Jesus. We water baptize people because Jesus asked his followers to do that. He said, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is simply an outward sign, I believe. All right. I am about to wrap this up. But before I do, I want to make sure that everyone here has had the opportunity to accept Jesus as their Savior. So right now, we're going to pray that. Maybe you have not prayed and asked him. Today can be that day. And Scripture says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is real, that he died for you, that he rose again, then you can speak it with your mouth and you're saved. So at our church, we say a prayer that just allows those who are believing to say it with their mouth. So let's pray that right now. If you can repeat it after me for those who might be new here. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. I thank you, Jesus. I am saved. Amen.